Hello, hello, and welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Stephanie Thompson. And I'm Phoebe Richards. Before we do anything else, we'd like to thank Lindsay from California and Annie from California. Wow, are you guys neighbors? Two new Cali girls. <laughs> Our newest patrons on Patreon. We're so happy to have you. We look forward to meeting you on our monthly Zoom sesh. That and we have so much stuff on Patreon additional episodes and things that you can get on there if you were interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, up to two more episodes a month. And we're now releasing all of our episodes onto Patreon ad-free from here on out. So if you hate ads, <laughs> you'd love our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thank you, Lindsay and Annie. Yeah, thank, thank, you, thank you, Lindsay, Lindsay and, and Annie. Annie. Pew, 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 pew. That's my air horn. <laughs> Steph, you are broadcasting <laughs> live to us right now from Arizona. <laughs> I am in Sun Cities, Arizona, a retirement village. I have been traveling around <laughs> via golf cart. I have picked yes. oranges for fresh fruit. I went to, I literally took a golf cart to the pot store. Oh my God. Because, uh, I didn't know this, but it is legal to smoke cannabis in Arizona. It's only been that way, I think, about a year, year and a half. And so they're still figuring out how they're going to roll it out. But right now, you have to, in Arizona, it has to be, if you're the grower, you're the seller. So it's the mm. the people, when you go to the retail store, you only get one kind of weed. One kind of weed that you're going there for is what I understand. Are they close enough together that you could just sort of like ride your golf cart from weed store to weed, <laughs> to store? weed store to weed store? I think so. I think you can. But I asked, so I'm here with family and one of my distance, distant family members that I'm here visiting who took me to the pot store, um, I asked them like, oh my God, I'm high. What, a, what was I just going to say? <laughs> You can't pot shop hop, but you were asking the relative. Yeah, I was asking them what exactly the experience I was going to get at the pot shop. I think this is where I was going. I don't know. I <laughs> um, remember they're a distant relative. They're a distant relative that were taken, but they were really excited to take me to the Aww. pot shop. So they the were in the golf cart. cart with you? They were in the golf cart with me, and they actually walked me through the door. They didn't need anything, so they just waited in the waiting lobby while I had to go through the door and everything and uh, get my pot experience. And I was wearing a Laganja Estranja shirt, which is a drag queen that smokes pot. And he was uh, the guy who was helping me was like, oh, I love lasagna. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? And he's like, your shirt. And I was like, oh, it says Laganja because I wanted to wear my pot shirt. To the pot shop. To the pot shop in my golf cart. <laughs> and I had... <laughs> I like that the stoner interpreted it as lasagna, though. Yeah. The yeah. stoner was like, oh, I love lasagna. I fucking love lasagna, man. <laughs> <laughs> when we have Laganja on the pod, we got to tell her and ask oh. her if anyone's ever called her lasagna by accident. Oh, yeah. We want Laganja on the pod, everyone. So please, listeners, just like manifest like just channel all of your intentions and manifestation yeah. towards just tag us together a lot maybe 
um, <laughs> and make vision boards. I don't think I can be on the pod if she's on the pod because I would just lose my shit so bad that I don't think I'd be able to say anything coherent. That's how excited I'd be for Laganja to be on. Maybe you should tape like pre-recorded questions. And you can just play those. <laughs> just play them because I wouldn't be able to talk. I'd be so excited. Um, but other than that, it's been kind of pretty cool. I did ask my distant family relative whether or not they have cannabis clubs here in the retirement community, like because they have clubs for everything here. There's lawn bowling, bowling club. There's like quilting club. There, there's all these retirement clubs. And I wanted to know if there was a cannabis club. And there isn't one yet. Oh, yet. But my relative might start one, he said. There's a cigar club and he wants to do a cannabis and coffee. I would join. I'll move there and join. Yeah. I was thinking, well, every like the whole time I'm here. Let's get a timeshare. Phoebe, I'm serious. The whole thing <laughs> I'm visioning is 30 years from now when we start thinking about this stuff, right? When we oh. have to be retiring together and like, what are we going to do? And what are our clubs going to be like? Yeah. When we all live together in a house. And... That is my dream, Grace. Do I have to work 10 years more or are Grace and Kahila going to retire 10 years early? We're I... going to retire early. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say in 30 years, I'll be 70. I maybe will have already been thinking about my retirement yes. by then, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we d keep doing the podcast till we're seventy, we will have had Laganja Stranja. We would have ha we will have had Rihanna, oh, yeah. and maybe we <laughs> maybe we could have retired early. You know. Oh, if we become like grannies, and by grannies I mean age wise, not because I'll never be a grandmother, but if we were like elderly lady stoners, that'd be pretty good. I just imagine us going on little pot walks together and like driving our golf carts around to different like <laughs> I just see us having the best life. First stop whale watching and First second stop, stop yeah. look We're at some cacti. Some cacti. Go stop and visit that cat Phoebe likes that lives in the yellow house. That's us. <laughs> yeah, we're in the desert, but there's whales and it's a residential neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> and outdoor cats are doing just fine. Yeah. I think we should have some youngin' friends who remind us of us when we were young. Yeah. That, you know, run our errands for us. <laughs> oh, well, let's make it happen. Do you remember the Broad City episode where Abby and Alana moved to the retire Florida retirement community? No. No. There's a whole episode about that where they're trying to get a place in a retirement community, but I think they run into issues because some of the old folks think they're lesbians and don't want them to move oh, there. And then they're like bummed about living with that generation or something. There's an LGBTQ club here. Oh, that's awesome. I want to join. Oh, well, then they're all getting high anyway. We know that there's a direct correlation between. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I went to the pot shop in my golf cart, I was not the only golf cart parked there. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm loving this image and I love the TikTok you made of the cactus. <sighs> you know the image like Cheech and Chong or just in general you see it of like a car going and the windows are down and smoke is just like pouring out and I just love to think of you recreating that on a on a golf cart. It's oh, beautiful. Just so much smoke, it's just continuously pouring out of the open space. <laughs> yeah, you can't really hotbox a golf cart. <laughs> I'm going to try. That's, that's what we'll figure. We'll do it when there's all four of us. Hashtag golf cart challenge. 
Also, when we go look at the whales when we're in the desert, I guess I just think of it as like an <laughs> art project we made of like whale fins in the in the desert sand. You know what? There was a thing that I would see almost every day in Santa Fe, and I never took a fucking picture of it to show you guys, but it's a giant whale sculpture <gasps> made out of CD discs. Like Ooh. AOL CD, di- CD discs that were like all around. AOL. I think just just like CDs. <laughs> like that you would put in like a CD player or CD-ROM. Well, Phoebe, you're my age. Remember when AOL would send you those like you'd get those free AOL discs in the mail and they would just be lit garbage everywhere? I gotcha. It still was it was a funny place for you to jump to, but <laughs> yes, I do remember the AOL. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a picture of it at some point. Okay, that'd be cool. I'm just remembering something I learned on Anything Bones, I think, where they found a bunch of whale skeletons in the middle of the desert Mm. in Africa. Remember that? I listened to that one. Yeah, that's so freaking cool. And weren't they like, were they half, were they half human, half whale? No, they had legs. Yeah, whales with legs. That's what it was. So cool. What? Yeah, dude, whales used to have legs. Well, uh, orcas did. So like, there was just orcas like walking through the desert? Yeah. Proved it. Proven. You heard it here, folks. There was just big orcas in the desert. I will link the scientific article that I will find in the show notes. Perfect. I'm not talking out my yes. All (gasps) right. So it's called Ethel the Whale, and it's made of hand-recycled plastic. The plastic used to create the whale represents... One person's plastic trash by age 20. That's a bummer. Basically, it's a giant whale made out of recycled trash. And you can see how big it is. And it looks beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think that message is powerful. No, anyway. The pictures look really cool, Ethel. (laughs) Ethel's a great fucking name. Do you think it's a play on, like, polyethylene I think it absolutely is. It's the way it's spelled. E-T-H-Y-L. Yeah. Damn. Well, we went down a little rabbit hole about whales in the <laughs> desert, but here we are, and we're going to actually go into a segment that Grace has prepared for us called What's the Story, Wishbong? What's the Story, Wishbong? Rip your favorite rip. What's the story, Wishbong? <clears throat> so, <laughs> okay. So basically, this segment today, we'll see where it goes in the future, but it's all about connections. If you think of your typical person standing at a whiteboard with all sorts of red string pointing to different data points, that's how my brain works, like 24-7. <laughs> so I'm just going to take you on a journey. First of all, I came up with the concept for What's the Story, Wishbong? Then I realized It's fucking Women's History Month. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. The concept is we talk about women in history. It doesn't necessarily have to do with weed. So then I'm thinking about Wishbong. I'm trying to think, okay, who's a cool female historical figure? And I ask my friend Fern, who has actually written into the podcast before, because they worked as the lighting and set designer on a site-specific theater project called The Archivists back in 2017, wherein the premise is that in the near future, an apocalyptic event has happened and there's a concern 
concerted effort to like erase women's stories. And so there's this group of women that like get together <laughs> and kind of ceremonialize the remembrance of women over the course of history. They sent me a huge spreadsheet that they had compiled with links to interesting, powerful women over the course of history that had 374 possible lines in it. I plugged that into a random number generator mm -hmm. and selected one of the lines. It was line 36. Okay, so here we go. Now, <laughs> I will tell you how line 36 in this spreadsheet directly loops us back to what's the story wishbone, which I didn't explain the show well enough, I think. Does, do you guys know Wishbone? I know Wishbone, and I can explain it in 15 seconds. Great. It's about a cute little terrier dog that goes on adventures through classical history novels and books and takes you on a, an abridged version of them as a cute little dog. 16 seconds. Amazing. Incredible. That was wonderful. So yeah, and um, Wishbone in the stories plays different characters in each of the uh, stories that it's representing. So here we go. Line 36 in this document was Madeleine de Scudery, who was born in Normandy in 1607. She was orphaned at the age of six and was educated and housed by her uncle. She was taught to read, write, taught about philosophy, metaphysics. She learned multiple languages and she became sort of obsessed with the classics and especially classical philosophy, Plato, Cato, all those good guys. When she grew up and her uncle died, she and her brother moved to Paris where she began to write. And for most of her career, she actually wrote under the pen name Georges de Scudery, who was her brother. Towards the end of her life, she switched over to publishing under the name Sappho, which is a reference to ancient Greece. And technically, Sappho of Lesbos is the origin of the term sapphic as it relates to lesbianism. So just saying there's some like queer connections. Okay, so there's queer connections going on. There's wishbone connections going on. All right. So <laughs> she is widely understood as the first um, blue stocking, which was sort of the term for women who were educated and would get together to discuss big ideas. She had her own salon that she started called Société du Samedi, which is the, the Saturday Society. I don't know why we have to be pretentious about it. <laughs> and she published many, many books, including this one book called Clélie. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, what a name. Basically, it was this w woman, Clélie. Okay, so here's the thing. This book was 13,095 words. Um, it's largely understood to be one of the longest books ever published. <laughs> and it's kind of ridiculous. It's this epic. There's like 12 different plot lines, all of this stuff. But essentially, she sets this book in 
the third century BC. And what she would do was sort of sneakily assign contemporary people in society, maybe ones that she wanted to criticize in a way, to these characters of the past that she was writing about and writing historical fiction about. One thing I think is really cool is that she was an early adopter of historical fiction. I mean, she was writing this in 1654, which I think is great. This is the novel that we will mainly focus on, but I just wanted to shout out a couple other things. She wrote a book called Les Femmes Illustres, which addresses itself to women and defends education rather than beauty as a means of social mobility for women. It uses women speakers as models for the speeches, including Cleopatra of Egypt. So I think that she would like put her sort of philosophical ideas and words into the mouths of true historical figures in order to sort of like make an a point make a point about women's empowerment if that makes any sense that's fucking yeah. badass yes it, it it really is so now that takes us to another literary figure about a century later. We're talking Charlotte Lennox, who was born in 1730. She was a Scottish actress, writer, kind of polyglot, who wrote a book called The Female Quixote that was kind of a spin-off or um, mimicry of Don Quixote in which the central character sort of imagines himself as the protagonist of a grand adventure or like a, you know, kind of a romantic novel in a way. And so in her book, The Female Quixote, the main subject, Arabella, gets kind of swept up in these books of old, like all of these sort of romantic works and the idea of the heroine. And what I didn't mention is that the Clélie, the novel by Madeleine de Scudery, who I was talking about, is widely understood to be sort of the origin of the modern like heroine, you know, like someone who might need to get rescued, like the mm -hmm. protagonist who sort of everything happens to her. And so... Arabella, the character in Charlotte Lennox's Female Quixote, is sort of always dwelling in these romantic novels that she's read, and it sort of removes her from her own reality in a way where, like, she thinks all these guys are after her and that she's going to be, like, attacked and da-da-da, and so throws herself into the river and then gets really sick and dies from it. And so it's supposed to be sort of a satire of these books that uh, Sappho, if you will, was writing a century earlier. So we've got Clayley, we've got the female Quixote. Now, Jane Austen. Here we fucking go. Here we fucking Here we go. Fucking go. <laughs> Stoner Chick Phoebe here, interrupting the episode with a very exciting and important announcement that next week we have another edition of Stoner Movie Book Club. We will be watching and discussing the 2019 comedy Booksmart, directed by Olivia Wilde. This movie was suggested to us by several listeners and we had a great time watching it. You will too. Tune in next week and hear all our thoughts. But now, a smoke break. Oh. 
Jane Austen, born in 1775. So she was alive while Charlotte Lennox was still alive. Charlotte Lennox was died in 1804, and The Female Quixote was published, I believe, in 1747. Jane Austen takes Charlotte Lennox's Female Quixote as loose inspiration for her first novel that she ever wrote, Northanger Abbey. Northanger Abbey was not published until after her death because she had sold the manuscript to a publishing company that just didn't publish it and refused to sell it back to her. And then (gasps) after she died, sold it back to her brother for the same price that she had originally sold it for. And so he was able to um, publish it posthumously. So that's crazy. So in her novel... The main character is called Catherine, and she kind of gets swept up in this noble family's whole thing. And it kind of models Arabella's story that Lennox wrote in the way of that she's just an ordinary person, an ordinary protagonist who is so obsessed with literature that has come before. And in Northanger Abbey, she's obsessed with gothic novels of the late 1700s and so she's constantly imagining that like really sinister things are going to happen and she gets brought out to this country home and assumes that the general who's related to henry tilney which is the male protagonist or not male protagonist but main male character She assumes that this general guy is like really up to no good in a very dastardly way. And then it turns out that while he's not like a monster, I assume it has to do with some sort of like assault or something like that, that he's still like not a great guy. And it it actually sort of affirms that her following her instincts based on, you know, what she has absorbed, how it's informed her did lead her to sort of correct Uh, conclusions. And in my mind, that's a very feminist way of looking at things, you know, that just because someone is reading gothic novels, and it's kind of cliche, and everyone's like, oh, silly women, they're so into gothic novels. Or they're so into true crime podcasts. What a weird thing they're into. Or in the late 90s and 2000s, the idea of chick lit you know, Bridget Jones Diary, these sorts of things where... Daniel Steele novels. Yeah, which, where it's like, what is so wrong with the literature that women enjoy? I feel like it's inherently sexist to imply that just because it's something that women are enjoying that's not like super heightened intellectual whatever, that it's somehow like makes them less than. Okay, so... Here we go. So we've got Northanger Abbey, Jane Austen. I found an episode of Wishbone. What's the story, Wishbone? (gasps) Called Pup Fiction. And that episode of What's the Story, Wishbone, the main narrative is Northanger Abbey. No way! (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. So in this What's the Story wishbone, this little Jack Russell Terrier wishbone, who has a voice that's like, 
Um, that's actually a really good impression grace (laughs) thank you um is playing henry tilney the sort of like guy that's interested in Catherine and like brings her out to his chateau i haven't watched the whole episode i'm i'm planning on doing so like probably after this but i did see enough of it um to really appreciate just the 90s absurdity it just wouldn't happen today it just wouldn't Mm-mm. um it was a flash in the pan but suffice to say that starting with wishbone appreciating women's history <laughs> going way back to just general women's history and then finding ourselves examining women novelists and historical novelists specifically over the centuries is just really incredible because obviously no men really wanted these people to be succeeding. There were like a few authors that sort of co-signed Charlotte Lennox's work. But even when you go to her Wikipedia page, one of the first things is like, she was approved of by X, Y, and Z male authors. Mm -hmm. And I just have to say one more thing that ties it into stoner chicks, which is that Charlotte Lennox also wrote a lot of poems that focused on the importance of female friendship. And... She was estranged from her husband for a lot of her life. She ended up separating from him. And it sounds like over the course of her life, her lasting kind of romantic relationships were with her female friends. And so I will say to you, happy Women's History Month. I'm so grateful to have you as my friends. And that's the story, Wishbong. (laughs) That's the story, Wishbong. Rip another bowl. (laughs) So what one thing I learned, I mean, this is not the most amazing thing I learned, but Wishbone is a feminist. That little dog, he's an ally. Oh, yeah. There's episodes about Our Lady of Guadalupe and um, Joan of Arc. Joan of Bark, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, Joan sorry. of Bark. Sh- shut up. Delete it. Delete it. Take it no, out. No, never. It's that's, never that's going the title out. of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> the title is Joan of Bark. No, never mind. Delete that. <laughs> Grace, thank you. That was Thanks, beautiful. guys. Thanks. I was nervous about it, so I'm really glad that you liked it. Um, I, I think you continue as our yearbook. If we were a yearbook, your award would be smartest. <laughs> Whoa. That's all I was trying to say. Most likely to succeed. And be smart. <laughs> and be smart. Most smartest. <laughs> That's what my high school would have called it. <laughs> well, hey, guess what? So that was ex- everything... You said Grace was fascinating <laughs> and that the way I said that sounds like I don't mean it, but I do. <laughs> um, and an exciting new segment. And in fact, we have another new first time ever what I'm going to call a mini seg. Oh, <laughs> little bitty mini seg. Little mini bitty. And it's called Product Review. Product Review. I tried it. (laughs) (laughs) What did you try, Phoebe? Well, for this first edition, I tried 
Cocoa Nugs, THC, it's OG Kush, cannabis-infused, cocoa-covered cereal treats. <gasps> oh my god, we love Whoa. cereal. We love cereal. So, to clarify, it is chocolate-covered Rice Krispies. Okay. I think that's the cereal treat part. I don't believe it is intended to be put in milk. Okay. But did you? I didn't. And I'll explain okay. why, but let me show you. Ooh, so they come individually wrapped. There was 10 in, in little indie mini sleeves, and they look like they're wrapped still, but they just look, they're green. They look like oh. big nugs. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, while I love that they look like big nugs, big nugs, very fun, green is very unappetizing to me if it's not a vegetable. Fair enough. And the idea of eating a big nug is not appetizing to me. So on just appearance, while I appreciated it, it turned me off a little. They are uh, 10 milligrams each. I ate three mm. to test this product and review Wait, it. Wait, so you took 30 milligrams? I took 30 milligrams okay. and I was going to put two in milk. But after eating one, it basically tastes like a mini little candy bar, like crunch bar, basically, if it was more crunchy. Like a Twix or a bunch of crunch? Like a crunch bar. Like like what I said, a crunch bar. Okay. <laughs> well, if they're nugs, it's like a bunch of crunch. But with like triple crunch. <laughs> Kayla, the ever defender of bunch of crunch. Yay, don't, you don't want to talk about crunch but... around me. and <laughs> You're going to get an earful. Did you just call me Joey? <laughs> no. No, around me. <laughs> I did not call you Joey. Nobody okay, anyway. Joey. No one called me Joey. I ate three. I did you not You tried eat... it. I tried it. I ate three. I was going to do two in milk, but then after eating it, it was like a candy bar. Also, our milk was kind of on the edge of like, is this still good? <laughs> and I just figured if the element I'm not into is looking at it, I don't really want to put two of them in milk and then have to do that. So... I ate three. Uh, my partner, Ben, also ate some, and their other partner, Lana, also ate some. And I watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Reunion, and by the end of it, I was having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very at peace with everything. Later that night, Ben asked me if I wanted to pick out a movie, and I stared at our movie collection and was like, I'm fine with anything. <laughs> That's so unlike you. <laughs> and so I decided, how should we rate this? I'm going to say out of 10. 10 out of 10 would be the perfect rating as an edible. Honestly, this is up there with like my most favorite I've ever had. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Price point, $35 for 10. They're each 10 milligrams. I've not done any math with that. That seems not cheap, but not terribly expensive. It seems about in line with yeah. milligrams in, in yeah. Seattle. And storage, big fan. So it only gets knocked down the tiniest bit because of appearance. And it's hard for me because I do love that it looks like nugs. Mm. How but did it taste? The taste, like I said, it tastes like a crunch bar. And I love crunch oh, right, bars. Right. It legitimately had just the tiniest bit of the weed flavor. Like You know when you can mm. taste an edible? Just mm -hmm. the tiniest bit. But I kind of like that because then I know... It's working. It tasted like a chocolate-covered Rice Krispie treat, which I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go 8.8 .8 out of 10. What? Boom. Wow. And uh, there's three more flavors. So Cocoa Nugs, I'm coming back at you. Is Cocoa Nugs a Washington company? I do not believe so. 
<laughs> I looked them up. I looked them up before this, and that was the thing I meant to check. And then I got distracted looking at all their other products. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Thanks for do. Thanks for yeah. trying it, Phoebe. It's been tried, and it's an eight point eight out of ten. Thank you, Nugs. I think that we would enjoy that in this household. So thank you for the. It's rep. also gluten free. Boom. That's right, guys. <laughs> I think this might be. The end of our little pod. And this Aww. is where... Episode. I know. Episode. Not, oh, God. <laughs> We're not this is the, the end. Yes. This is the end of it all. No. <laughs> oh, not God. True. No, not it's true. not. Not true. Not true. We got big things is, coming. We got big things stuff, especially for 420. So if you guys are in the Seattle area and uh, want to check out us, all four of us live, we'll be doing a live 420 show at the Rainier Brewery. At a theory theater, oh my god! <laughs> At a theater called You Got This Factory Lux. It's super awesome. It's a really cool space, and we're really excited to be all together performing live. So if you're in the Seattle area, check us out. If you're not, we don't be afraid because we have plans <laughs> going on. Four twenty junior on the nineteenth, we're going to do a live Twitch show, right? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. And so if you're not in the Seattle area, we're going to do stuff online. So don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> you can still catch us. Have no fear. Stoner chicks are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph, you got this. But we're on lots of social media platforms. I really recommend that you go and subscribe to our newsletter because I write it. <laughs> so if you go to stonerchickspodcast.com you can go on our newsletter but we're on instagram at stonerchickspodcast we're on twitter at broccoli broads or no TikTok. gosh tiktok i always do that because i'm never on it's twitter the tease it's the tease twitter we're on stonerchickspodcast uh we're on facebook but never um on there really um <laughs> but there we're there for 2069 which makes me laugh and you can just mail us some good old-fashioned snail mail. I'm still waiting for that Rihanna poster. And Phoebe, <laughs> where can they send you your Rihanna well, poster? Well, our P.O. box is P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. And I check it mm, twice a week. And Phoebe, thank you for that. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and Kayla. What does stoner chicks always say? It's fucking Jane Austen time, motherfuckers. Oh, it's Jane Austen time, motherfucker. <laughs> Smoke with Jane. Mary Jane. Oh my God, <gasps> connections. Mary Jane Austen. <laughs> Mary oh Jane God. Austen. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Love you.